Yeah. <laughs> Olé. Miss Shayna. Miss Shayna Shepard. Hi, Nate. Thank you. Hi. How are you? I'm good. You good? Mm-hmm. You feeling all right? I'm feeling grand. Feeling all right? You got your sunglasses going on? I, I do, because I didn't have any time to put on my makeup, and I... It's been a busy time, so I just felt like I needed to have a little coverage, full coverage. <laughs> this is Seattle. It's not L.A. Ah, You'll be all right. You'll be all right. No. <laughs> We're not trying to look well, glamorous. Just, my Gemini moon is just going to, oh, Gemini moon, yeah. It's just going to do this and not make no decisions. Oh, my God. I got to get up on astrology, <laughs> man, because everybody keeps bringing this stuff, and I have no idea what they're talking about. It's useless. Don't even. You're smarter than that. No, you don't have to say it's useless. I'm just saying I don't know anything about it. I'm ignorant well, to what's it. Well, your, what's your sign? Uh, Virgo. I'm not that ignorant. Like, I do know my sign, yes. Okay, but, do you yeah. know what your rising is? No idea. What? Well, do you want to give everybody all your personal information? About I don't give a fuck. Born? Yeah, I'm out there. I'm on camera all the time. Okay, so <laughs> what's your birthday with the year and what time were you born? September 8th, 1986. I think I was born at 5 p.m. ish around there, if I remember right. Yeah. You said December 6th? Uh, September 8th. Oh, I was like, September 8th. Oh, no, did I say that? Wow, I'm not even thinking today. (laughs) September 8th, 1986, 5 something p.m. I don't know that personally. That's just what my mom told me. I don't remember the exact moment that that happened. What city were you born in? New York City. Oh, damn. Okay, word. Okay, well, somebody who's watching this, go ahead and do the math and figure it out for him and put it in the comments. Don't know. Comment that. Wouldn't it be amazing if I just knew? Yeah. <laughs> I, have, I have no skill. Comment that. Smash that like button. Subscribe, smash. please. Yeah. Smash the like. All the usual YouTube stuff. But you were from New York too, weren't you? At one point, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, is that where it all starts at? Like, take me back in the history of Miss Everybody Shane always asks yeah. that. Okay. I don't like that because one All right, day, well then fuck that. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a way. Back in, <laughs> yeah. this, back in the day. No, I don't Yeah, know. yeah this is my home and like, yeah. this is my, my time to be me. And like, I had a lot of, uh, movement, a little, a little lot, a lot of movement when I was a kid. And it's hard to feel that, that everybody wants to know what's that sense of home. You know what I mm. mean? I feel like mm. that's really the question when people are trying to get to. And I'm like, my yeah. sense of home is in myself. Yeah. Like the drifter Luke. <laughs> Somebody asked Prince that one time, uh-huh. you know, like the oh, artist formerly known as the artist formerly known as. Yeah, yeah, the artist formerly known as Prince, but the, I, I forget it was like some famous actor, and they were like at a party, and and he said like, oh, I asked Prince like, you know, oh, are you like you live in Minneapolis now, and and Prince was just like, I live where my heart is, oh. you know, it was just like very Prince answer to that question, you know. Oh my God. Okay, I'm not claiming to be Prince, but no, you're not. You're Shane but- Shepard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shoot. He was a genius. Is a genius. Yeah. I know for me, like, I found home when I came out here to Seattle, even Mm. though I wasn't, like, I wasn't from here originally. I didn't grow up around here, but I just feel like the energy out here when I first came out here to join Blade Palace and stuff like that. It was like, that was the beginning of 2018 and a couple of years into it. Now, for me, it's like, yeah, I found home. That's cool. Why is that a thing? I feel like we, us little East Coast you know, flight birds or whatever. We, we, the ones I've like, the ones that I've met that have landed here similarly to me are so ingrained in the sense of community that maybe it's like we didn't have at home. Maybe part of it. Yeah. Because I was very much a black sheep growing up down in Miami, you know, and I think, I know this isn't a thing, but if there was a thing as like being born in like, or brought up in the completely wrong part of America for your personality type and your energy, I just felt like that was like 
me growing up in Miami. Oh my God, yeah. Sweep the emo bang on that one. Everybody, I love it. Yeah. It's the truth though. Like, yeah. I can't imagine you in Miami, too. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I just see you like draped in black, sweating your ass off. Your head, like wearing some like, I don't even know, just a, like a Ray Bradbury inspired like <laughs> scarf. Like, fuck it. Like, you already know yeah there's like I, I always say that everywhere else in america i'm like i was like the weird goth kid like you say I, even though i'm like i'm not i never considered myself gothic i just, I just like you're a little gothy you're a little gothy we're I, like i dress like that but i don't consider myself that i just i just like yeah. black clothes for whatever reason but it's like you know wears all black plays music makes kind of a living with like weird unconventional technology <laughs> and then in seattle i'm like the most basic dude ever <laughs> I know you're like whoa. It's like when the penguin that's like at the zoo goes back to Antarctica. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that. It's like oh, okay, cool. You know, I don't know. I don't have to feel like a weirdo anymore. You know, it's like I mean, I'll still go other places now. You know, like I'll visit Miami and it's beautiful now. I'll go down there for a couple of weeks, but then after like you know a week or two, I'm like, all right, I'm ready to ready to get back home here. It's good. Totally. You know? I've definitely gone through like various iterations of human. Like I definitely had a goth phase and I punk yeah. rock phase and like. I had like just a nerd phase and like, I just, you know, the chameleons, we, we find our way. <laughs> See, that, that's what I'm curious about though. You know, when I, when I talk about the history of all that, because I'm like, I see you, you know, you sing in rock bands, you know, mm -hmm. you, you have your, you know, your solo music out now as Shana Shepard, you know, but I hear you sing and I don't always necessarily hear like what I would imagine, like an archetype of, of rock and roll. I hear much more soul than that. Mm. I hear something a lot deeper than that. You know, the, the inflection, the, the, you know, the nuance, mm. you know, I remember I, I went out to see you play at the W hotel a few mm. weeks ago. Oh, thanks when for coming that, through, man. Yeah. Of course I was happy to do it. It's like one of the first like shows that I, I went to. I mean, I know it's, man, I went there and it was like, you know, just in the lounge of the W hotel and it was really I mean, I mean, it was cool, and I'm I'm thankful that anytime an artist gets the opportunity. But at the same time, I'm sitting there, and there's all these other people who have no idea who you are. You know, they just came down because they were staying at the hotel or something. They're like yeah. talking about like stocks or Dogecoin, like three tables over here, and I'm just like, y'all, shut up! Like I'm trying to hear, you know, Shana. But there was so much nuance and reflection, you know, in in how you sang, and I hear that, you know. Nobody else in that hotel lobby might have heard it because they weren't paying attention or something. <laughs> but I hear that and I'm like, where does that come from? Because I don't think of that as something that I hear coming Wait, out of nobody like, else was paying yeah. attention. I disagree with that. That's, that's Not correct. Not to toot my own horn or anything, but yeah. like, you know, that specific venue, it's like a weird space because I yeah. feel like yeah. the people that run it, they want there to be real moments of music connectivity there. And then the people that wander in the ones that are down, they just hang. And like, yeah, I felt really honored that people were willing to just literally stare in reflection over my like quips about divorce and like rejection and just sit there with me and be quiet and be like listening and, you know, and be a part of it. I mean, it's like one of those rare builds of an intimate space when you can like do it under like that umbrella of like corporate greed, you know, it's pretty cool. You know? I, I agree. And, that was one of the things that stuck out to me too, because your presence on stage, you know, like I experienced mm -hmm. that and I'm like, this is not what I would think of as like coming out of like an indie rock club or something like that. People are a little more like subdued or introverted and stuff like that. You're all the way out there with it. <laughs> You're very unapologetic about it. That's what I love about your music though, oh, the way you sing. Thanks, man. You know, and like, that's what I'm trying to understand. It's like, <laughs> where did that come from? Uh, that's a big question. <laughs> where did it come from? Did you play in church growing up? Uh-huh. Were you singing church? 
I did sing in church, but I don't think it came from that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I was curious. I mean, yeah. maybe, I guess it did. I mean, I did. I grew up in church singing in the choir, but I was definitely like always in like the second alto position mm. with the chip on their shoulder vibes. Mm. Like, you know, not, I was not a soloist by any means, like coming up or anything like that. I was just kind of learned how to support and learn the choral aspect of it, you know, more yeah. so. And then I started like directing choirs, just the choral aspect, you know, just one little piece of things, but. What kind of church was it? Oh, Pentecostal. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jesus loves you as long as you uh, pray in this room for 45 minutes and start, you know, having a seizure. So. <laughs> but, you know, growing up in Miami, though, you know, as a drummer for me, I was around some of that energy, not directly because my family weren't religious, but I knew people like kids in school, other drummers that I was around that did grow up. That was the environment that they learned how to play at. <laughs> not all of them had drum sets at home necessarily. You know, this wasn't like the suburbs where you had, you know, garage bands, what we would think of, things like that, like white kids growing up playing instruments, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. They, this was like the only time you got to play drums was either at school or at church. And you had to be really good to get, totally. you know, one of those slots. So it's like it was very competitive because everybody's always like trying to one up the next person because the person that gets to play, the one drummer that gets to play in the jazz band or in a church on Sunday, that's that's like being a rock star, you know, at that yeah. age in that, that environment. One kid, I've seen that. I always wanted to be that kid, yo. Yeah. It was so weird. Like when I was like, oh God. Oh, I'm I'm supposed to talk. <laughs> oh yeah, God. yeah. No, no, I was go, ahead. Like, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Oh God! Uh, I'm not my therapist, but this is what I'm <laughs> supposed to do. God, uh. um, I always was like really wanted to play in the band, and I saw mm. I was really envious of the the boys that got to play in the band, yeah. and like they get to sit after church and like work and like with the just basically get like a free studio session with like yeah. dope ass motherfuckers, like. And I just had to sit there and wait until somebody was like ready to pick me up. I'm like, dude, I would rather do this than come back on Tuesday and sing. Mm. I'd rather just sing out with them. But and I asked them or whatever, and they were like, you can't do that because you have to wear a dress. Like literally, <laughs> you literally can't. But uh, I was like, okay, that's some bullshit. Yeah, but you know, little chip gets bigger and stronger. You know, matter and meaning. Yeah. It, it can be motivation if you harness it right. You that's know, right. but it's it can still be you know that that sticks with you, you know, that stuff sometimes, you know, and you're just like, you carry that with you. You can use it for motivation. I know for me, you know, but it's like, there are feelings that get ingrained there. Like, Oh, am I like not good enough? I don't, do I not belong? Or like, you yeah. know, it, it, it weighs on you after a while. I don't know. That was what it was with me, but I guess you know, coming out of all that to this day, anytime I'll play drums on stage or whatever, like if I see somebody in the crowd and I, I get that vibe that they came from that, you know, environment, even if they don't know my band or any of the stuff that I do, like if they can watch me on stage and see me play and then I go afterwards and, you know, they might not have a reaction, but then might just be like, yeah, you did okay. I'm like, Word. <laughs> that's the biggest honor for me. Yeah. I feel from that. that environment. I feel that though. Yeah. Like when you yeah. just, then maybe that's a part of it too, that feeling yeah. of like community and connection to yeah. like, because like when you just get a win that's like shallow, I just, for me, I just feel so like, ugh. It feel, always feels great to be, you know, supported in what you're doing in your endeavors and like be validated and everything. But like the scenes that I ended up in playing in bands, it was almost like the opposite of that. Oh, interesting. 
How so? Where it was just like too much of a social club in that way. And oh, everybody's just like, the boys oh, club, baby. Well, it's just like you just boost people up just for the sake of it. Cause like, you know, mm. you're cool, you're cool. Like, oh, I like you, I like you. But then it's like, you don't really get any motivation, you know, that musically. Shit, we could go, look, can we go in on that? Yeah, like, absolutely. That shit is like yeah. the yeah. tits. That's like our whole music community before <laughs> COVID. Like the nepotistic, yeah. like yeah. ridiculously stoic, like, culture of just like oh man i know that guy he's a good guy you know uh, yeah. you know he used to come to my shows pack a bus he's gonna be like, i haven't heard any of his music but i know that his mom lives right down the street from my mom and uh you know we can all everybody we got like 45 tickets right there on the block man you know and then they're all you know they ch- pitch at their church and like we got it yeah and the club was like oh whatever we don't give a fuck you know and people wonder like, why is everybody buying any records? It's like, yeah. because, because they're like in like artificial audiences. Yes. It's like give yourself a real fucking chance, man. Yes. So stupid. You know, it's like I said, you could drive yourself crazy in the opposite direction too, but it's like finding that interesting middle ground with all that. Cause I know my biggest peeve, like when I put together Spotify playlists, like, you know, and people will be like, Oh, you should check out this band and that band, you know, like here in Seattle. I'm like, Oh, cool. Like, like what's, what's your favorite song? You know, you got like right. your favorite song. It's like, well, I don't know. They don't I have just, a fucking favorite song. No, they just. Like, I asked somebody the other day. I was like, "So, what's your favorite Barack song?" They were going the fuck in. Yeah. Like, I love you. You're a best. Like, I listened to Blunt. I was like, "Oh, dude, what's your favorite song off the off the record?" Then, like, which yeah. one? He was like, "Um, I think it's the one where you're driving around in a lift." And I thought, <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I thought he was joking, and he looked at me bewildered, and I, I was like. like oh, no. And then his girl was awesome. She was like, yeah, it's like my sexy lady time. I was like, bitch, I wrote it for you. That's why. So, dude, just have a shot. It can't. I did like that song, though. That was my favorite one that we did. I, I put on, what was it, like three months ago? I was, I was driving to uh, Oregon. I had to like um, I had this thing down there. But, like, I, I put on, like, the bear axe. That was, like, my bear axe day. I'm just, like, the whole day, I'm, like, driving down the freeway. I'm just, like, going through everything. It was just, like... I remember like that Uber song came out in the in the background. I'm listening, you know, because you know, I mean, I drive Uber like sometimes, you know, side hustle, and and then yeah, it's like oh oh, wrote a song called Uber. All right, let me play this one real quick, and it's like I hear this, and it's like wow. You're like, what was relatable? Have you picked this bitch up? That's what I want to know. Three, I want to know two. What time is it? One forty-six p.m. on yeah. a Thursday night at yes. a bar that's at capacity at seventy people. That would probably be the Wild Rover in Kirkland. I, I'm, I was there, I'm Shout out to the Wild Rover. In <laughs> Shout out to the Wild, wild Rover. Rover in Kirkland. You are now sponsoring Raised Our Rhythm right now. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Whether you like it or not. Your not. bitch is called. <laughs> I was saying because that you know that was way back when I was pre quarantine and all this other stuff. But yeah, it's right. it like you get yeah because Thursday night would be kind of interesting like that. You know, it could be kind of quiet or you might get those people that were going out. Before Friday, or like if they were in college and they didn't have to go to class on Friday or something like that. Yeah. So you get a little bit of that late night action then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. oh my God, is he gonna come with me? Are you getting in the car? Oh. Are you getting in the car? Like, oh my God. Oh, we could get into like my last <laughs> Memorial Day weekend. Here, just like a few How days many ago. You, did you have? You probably had at least because this is like the COVID thirst. As I'm, well. I'm not gonna say. <sighs> so nobody I mean, knows if they're getting in the car. Listen, like, it's not six feet. 
First, first of all, all these people pay, so I don't want to talk bad about you know my people. They pay oh, me. Shout like, out to cool, live. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, but I definitely had a few, a few of those riders that were very memeable in that way, you know. But like I said, it's it's all good with me. They're all cool. That's you know. Oh no, I love it. Yeah, I'm it's, endorsing it's awesome. it. I yes. am that. I have yes. been. I'm reformed. God, what? I I don't, I don't even know how many other songs have been written like that. Maybe just because I don't listen to a ton of like newer stuff that's out, but like that reference ride share, like in that. Oh, specific kind of way. Yeah, we, we definitely haven't written Eddie in my band, but I'm also not a songwriter, so it's like I don't know. I'll I'll make like notes with like memos about some of the oh, experiences. It. No names or like anything like that, but it's like, man, maybe if I could like pass these on to a songwriter friend of mine or Dude, something. Dude, like do that. that. That's so dope. Okay, actually, I have this. I I started doing this recent thing. Yeah, because you know I like to go out and I like yeah. to have a good time. Yeah. But recently, people have been just crazy out because they were like, all these yeah. people are unleashed. So I'm having yeah. the best weirdest nights ever. And I'm like, okay, can I really validate like continuing to like go out right now? The only way I can do this is to like reference it to like my artistic field. And like, can I put this in my LLC? Cool. So what I'm doing <laughs> is I started a journal where every time I go out yeah. for more than four hours, I like journal about it as soon as I get home, which means okay. I can't get too twisted because yeah. I have to do it. Yeah, yeah. And I like just basically, and then I started reading back like two months ago or whatever. And I'm just like, oh my God. People are fucking crazy. And yeah. I was crazier here yeah. than I was right here. But then like, I'm seeing like, I'm hanging out with like some rock stars. And then the next day I'm like making friends with the hobos and Maya screaming on the streets. Yeah. Or on scooters. Somebody busted their ass. Shout out to Maya. Shout out to Maya Marie. Shout out to Maya. <laughs> Respect. Right. Yeah. And like, it's just like, anyway, do that though. Yeah. Cause then you can turn that into songs. Like, cause you are a songwriter. We're going to jam or whatever. Sure. But, yeah. <laughs> Right, <laughs> I, I, ne I never, I never thought of myself in that role as a drummer. I used to, I, I used to play around with it when I was younger. But TLDR, like as I got older, it was more like, yeah. okay, my role is more like supporting the people that have that vision. You know, whether that's playing drums, whether that's giving a platform on a podcast, you know, whatever that is, and just yeah. kind of trying to play more like that support role. You know, because like all th I always say, like all things considered, I feel like my life is fairly good and fairly stable you know like no real complaints here which is like that's cool for me like living like right. not a bad way to live but it's not that great for you know artistry like or at least in my experience anyway i'm like i'm not that i don't really have i'm not particularly like angry i'm not particularly like oh my god you're something like that i'm just like no you're just a virgo <laughs> <laughs> okay i think you're, you're educating me the astrology right now i can you're dig right. it no you kind I can of dig it. you know is that like a go-to source of inspiration for you though? Just kind of going out and living or like, like how do those ideas like start for you? You know, how does it go from like a voice memo to just like, Oh yeah. Demo record. Like there's a whole process with that, you know? Um, I mean, I usually just write the song, a song right then. I try to just commit if it comes. I mean, it makes me a horrible communicator, honestly, because like mm. sometimes it'll just come based on something. And then I try to just get, the full voice memo down and then the full lyrics and like build the entire structure okay. while it's there with me. Yeah. And then when I get home or if I go, if I'm going somewhere with somebody, we just make it work, make it work from there. You play piano like crazy. Yeah. I look like a lunatic. For <laughs> sure. It's now it's beautiful though. Like, you know, like even at the W and stuff like that, did that come out of like school or growing up in church? Like were you? No, like, I'm self-taught. I you're just self-taught with all that. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm, with all that and, oh, is that Mr. Huxtable? I was going to say, we going to pause right Oh, not here. we don't yeah. do that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The doctor is in. We're going to keep rolling, but we're going to pick up right after this. We're going to take a little break. We're going to listen to Miss Shannon Shepard here real quick, and we'll be right back, y'all. 
heartless, heated, my energy depleted, holding heavy, about to break the levy, pressure building, I can't escape the feeling that escape ain't really free, and escapades ain't really cheap, mm-hmm. oh. bottles broken, how else do they get open, cautious strangers are suddenly the danger, But what are the chances they'll survive? Oh, what are the chances that they'll survive? The virus Can you feel it? The virus fell beneath your skin Can you feel it creeping in? The virus fell beneath your skin Can you feel it creeping in? The virus fell beneath your skin Can you feel it creeping in? The virus fell beneath your skin Can you feel it creeping in? The virus fell beneath your skin Shredding from the depths of the universe <laughs> to the astral plane that lies between musical science and giving no fucks. Psychedelephant's own. Also, in the second half of James Dyer's band that I fucking love called Dr. Quinn and the Medicine Woman. See? Say it like that. <laughs> Dr. Quinn. You're correct. Yeah. yeah. I'll let you have it. How'd, how'd y'all start playing music together? Uh, me and Shayna, yeah. we, uh, I, I moved into the same house as her. And I think, uh, yeah, I think she had a gig and, and they were talking about finding a guitar player. And I was like sitting on the couch in my pajamas. Like I, maybe I could do it. I like your music. That's and then, usually you know, how it goes. Yeah, yeah. Cut to a couple weeks later and we're yeah. playing like a dope house show together. Like, yeah. <laughs> so if you want to get in a band, find a musician that needs a roommate real quick. I'm That's right. <laughs> See what you can do for him. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say it was like that exactly. I yeah. mean, I've been going to Quinn's shows since like, yeah, for like three years. Like okay. he's like runs like not runs, but like he has like a really important imprint in like the DIY scene, especially in North South. Like everybody knows Doctor Quinn. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've been hearing about him forever, like just from friends, or whatever. And then everybody was like, "Oh, Doctor Quinn's gonna move in the house," and I was like, "Oh, cool." I've seen a couple shows and everybody else who lives there is like been a part of every fucking show ever that this guy's played. So, yeah. And then we started jamming on accident and then I courted your ass and then we moved rehearsals to the only time that you didn't have to work. Yeah. And then you just I've been working there. a lot. And then yeah. he was trapped. 
And so then we started making all the time. Yeah, I'm happy. It's like mousetrap, you know, like all that. <laughs> mousetrap, okay. <laughs> How has that been with house shows coming out of all this? Because I'm not, you know, I'm really kind of aged out of that world personally, you know, but just yeah. like. Uh, I mean, we haven't we haven't played house shows, you know, since pre-COVID. Yeah. But uh, yeah, before that, uh, James Dyer, my drummer, was living at a venue called Mirage Garage. Okay. And yeah, I think the way it works, like sometimes like with touring bands and stuff is they'll have like a venue show and then they'll have a house show with their friends and the house show is usually way more popping and everyone yeah. makes way more money. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, I mean, it sucks now because I feel like I'm starting to see other bands come online, you know, maybe they don't have, you know, following or, or anything to justify, like trying to put together a club show, but then it's like, I want to be able to direct them in a certain way, but then it's like, I have no idea what's going on with the house show scene now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. same, like post COVID it's hard to know like what anyone's doing um before before COVID like we had a line with a couple house venues like there's a lot of places in the U district that are just like rundown houses where they just yeah. build a stage in the living room yeah. and they do shit once a week and it seems like usually the goal is to get like a touring band money so everyone will try and like charge at the door or, like make food and sell drinks and the, the main goal is to you know give whatever band spent all this money traveling to get there, you know, paid because a lot of times at venues, you're not really getting paid like you should be. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just, it's, I mean, the venues have higher overhead too and stuff like that. Yeah, and like absolutely. Bills pay. It's, it's a, it's a clumsy model for bands that have, you know, legitimate and important audiences, but maybe not enough to justify, you know, a venue show or whatever the case is, you know, and I think how shows fill an important void in that with, you know, inclusivity and, yeah giving people a platform, you know, just to get started. Like everybody has to start somewhere. What yeah. What I would love to see is that the house show network, because there is a network. Yeah. And what they really do is develop audiences that yeah. cross into the clubs. Yeah. Like we all know that. And we all know where they are because the same, like bands have been filling these houses for God and so long. Like, you know, but I feel like, you know, creating a network of like a way to just communicate with each other of like, okay, this is what, these are all the shows that happened this year at these venues. And like, these are the bands that played and like, like just put it in, etch it in stone somewhere so that we can remember and reference it and watch the growth and create metrics so that like, eventually we can actually fund the bands that are coming in from out of town. And then the proceeds can just go to the venues that are these houses, you know? Yeah, like there's absolutely. ways to do that. I mean, yeah, I was really happy with what you did uh, at Jimi Hendrix Park. That almost felt like a house show in a lot of ways because it was like totally DIY and just like bringing in so many creatives from different platforms and having everyone get paid and having people show up and, you know, getting like notoriety and having the show like run pretty much smoothly. It was fucking epic. Ugh, you, know? you know what pissed me off, bro? Oh. <laughs> What? <laughs> was it, you about to be real? <laughs> was it me? <laughs> well, I won't say it pissed yeah. me off as much as it was frustrating that like I read in the stranger, the stranger's covering. Oh, fuck it, I read in the stranger, stranger's covering martial law. Yeah, and like their Pulitzer situation or whatever, and like there was a reference to our show or whatever, and the really? way that they did it, it just I was like, don't even put us in there. Like the sentence was just like. Um, the company, uh, the Museum of Flight Company, Safe and Sound, they fumbled essentially with Bear Axe front woman. Wow. Shana uh, Shepard. Yeah, no, Shana Shepard, who run, who they clumsily put it together and 
they said that we put together like a pretty valiant effort in DIY success at Jimi Hendrix Park. And <laughs> basically they just kind of implied that it was like ticket sales and shit. That, that's not even fucking what they told me. They told me that they had to go through with a new COVID officer or whatever and check yeah. out a whole bunch of shit that they had been flagged for for the Blacktown show. That's exactly what they told me. And they mm, did it mm. on a Zoom call. Yeah. And they were like, that's, you know, and I, can we rebook you, whatever? And I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. We'll just do it ourselves. Because I'm not doing shows for company. I'm sorry, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not and doing shows for companies like that aren't that, my friends. If you could throw something like that at Jimi Hendrix Park in three days, imagine if we had like a month to plan. Yeah, you know, like I mean, I'm sure they have so many. That's a different thing. I mean, I'm not going to discount the, all of the work and effort to do something like that. So groundbreaking as put shows and museum flight, like yeah. support the fuck out of that. That's giving us all community a great platform. However, it's okay that in this whole time of like COVID stuff. I feel like a lot of people have made a little bit of stumbles and mistakes trying to just figure out how to put shows together. Yeah. And like, I have been right there in the, we all, we've been right there in the forefront because he had to live with me running around while people and organizers like frantically tried to create opportunities for us to just connect with our audiences. And like, it was always really messy, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And it totally disregarded the old style of how, you know, things are about to go back to. But it was okay because we all, I kind of knew that they had the right heart and they weren't getting paid either. Sure. You know what I'm saying? So like when a company goes and like offers you like no money yeah. and then they, you have to re-up them to a little bit more money and then they give you a whole bunch of bullshit when you try to get your friends more money. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to rebook with you when, because I don't trust you. Since I'm going in, I want to make sure it's clear that I don't think that artists should have to put the, the effort that we put into to create spaces to play. Sure. When companies are coming together to create these opportunities for us, I'm grateful to see it happen. Yeah. yeah. But it's hard when things, I think our culture is really like conflict averse here. Mm, yeah. So when people are unhappy or people want to try to enter a negotiation place, they, the easiest thing to do is I don't want to deal with that. And then they <laughs> yeah, just are like, fuck yeah. it. And then they're like, let's move on to the next thing. Some, I'll take anybody who will give me an easy. Yes. yes. They did make modifications yeah. to the way they handled their artists over at safe and sound after the embarrassment of what happened with us, you know, and I'm happy that they did it, but I don't think I should have to suffer. Yeah. Or my team should have to suffer, you know, rec recompense. What, what is it? Recom what is recompense. It? Recompense. Sorry. Is that a word? Is that a word? <laughs> We're going to roll with it for right now. But yeah, recompense. Let's go with that. Let's go recompense. Let's go with it. Yeah. You know, I just want to, I just feel like our, my friends and my team that put that together, they deserve more than to be referenced as some situation put together in the shambles. Like we put that together because we wanted to make a statement about the way the artist should have a voice and the way we did it. And it was everybody's team effort. And I was proud. So proud to be a part of it. So like, the press can lick my butthole if they can't get a part of that. Like, for the record. Sorry, yeah. Quinn. I'm sorry. Well, don't be sorry. Okay, no, cool. I, I think uh, looking like post-COVID at how the music industry is in Seattle, um, a lot of artists are like rethinking how, you know, we should be treated at venues and stuff yeah. like that. You know, like there's, uh, I've just sensed like a completely different vibe with musicians I've talked to where I think people are demanding like more respect, like more money, you yeah. know, or like, there's so many uh, situations just like everyone's had like awful shows at bad venues. And yeah. I think we're kind of trying to change, change the culture. And I, I think 
that was kind of the statement at Jimi Hendrix Park, you know, like if, if you go back and watch it and you watch the artist panel, uh, there are some really talented artists that had really interesting things to say, like, yeah, just about uh, how we're treated and like what is expected of us. I think uh, we all kind of want the culture to change and it, everyone benefits from it. The venue benefits, you know, the audience benefits and the artists benefit, you know. And for the record, I mean, me just being out there that night at that Beverly Crusher show with Shana, you know, everybody that was out there. I mean, Dan Ray, you know, did that did the artist panel. Shout out to Dan Ray. I mean, she just held Dan. it down for everybody here in the last year. You know, she really deserves she a lot really more credit does. for the work that she does, um, you know, just putting on all the artists here in Seattle. But, you know, just experiencing that. And I think that was like the first show show you know yeah. that i went to coming out of all this you know forget the live stream i didn't even want to watch that but like, like i want to be there and experience it i'd never actually been to Jimi hendrix park to be honest with you before all that that was my first time out Word. there that's great but going out there that night i mean you know i mean there were a lot of people out there you know too that i knew in the music scene but just experiencing all that and the show and the yeah. energy and the vibe and everything i'm just looking around i'm like oh my god did i miss this yeah, I couldn't help like this is what Jimi Hendrix would have wanted at his yes. life, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it was a beautiful night. It was a great time. Mm, it sure was. Yeah, great vibes. So yeah. Oh, Are we lucky? Yeah. When are you putting on the next one? <laughs> Three days notice. What you <laughs> Pop up show. I love it. You know, because I felt like after that one too. I mean, I think not even a few weeks later is when I saw Marshall Law Band, Medium yeah. Collective out there. Then they did it. Yeah. It's like you know other people doing it too. I'm like, this is great. You know, this is awesome. Like even last uh, weekend at Gasworks Park, when Tequila Funk were out there. Shout out oh, to Tequila yes. Funk. Reposado, and, reposado. Yes. That was beautiful. Right. Jean Paul. Yeah. It, it was beautiful out there. I don't I don't know if they'll be able to continue that one because they had to have like a permit. There was some crazy process with that that happened or something Ooh. like that. Which yeah, it was so messed up because I was out there too and I'm looking around. I was like all the families and kids are just dancing, enjoying themselves. The crazy thing is like those guys have been yeah. doing that there for like five weeks. Yeah, I know. Every and week. it's like man. And the one time that those you know, they show up is the one time that it's <sighs> And that's yeah. the way of things, you know, but yeah. I really, those guys, I just, they are so incredible. Like they, Reposado, like they're really, what is the thing that JP says? He calls them creative warriors. Yeah. And like, if you yeah. really want to know like where I'm getting energy from to yeah. like think this way and move this way, you can look right there because those guys like filled my birthday with so much love and like, they like have just been incredible sources of like music and inspiration and positivity. And like, it just feels like this, like like sun breaking through the clouds every time they start their vibe. And it's really magical. It's so. a beautiful thing. Yeah. I mean, martial law band too, you know, with the, the jelly bean, like the whole parade yeah. float doing the work. Oh my God. I saw that last fall. I was like, this is punk rock as fuck, man. Like <laughs> they just put the whole band on this like trailer and they're just driving exactly. through Seattle. Mm. I remember at one point, like I'd hopped on, you know, cause I, I saw him down in Columbia city, me and Dan Ray were down there that day. They were just kind of hanging out with them and they're like, oh, we're about to like go start. And and Dan looks at me and she's just like, do you want to hop on this thing? And I'm like, oh, you know, I don't really know if I should do that. But then Dan's, Dan does it. And I'm just like, all right, fuck it. Like if everybody, everybody here is cool with it. Like I, I just duck down, you know, on my knees in the corner. I'm just like trying not to like bring no attention on myself, whatever. And like, man, you know, like just watching that go around and then playing music everywhere and stuff like that. I was just like, fuck. 
fuck, man, more bands need to do shit like this. You know, this is where it's at. Yeah, as negative as COVID has been for the music industry, it really has forced a lot of innovation in so many ways. You know, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's pretty crazy that almost every show now is recorded and streamed and people yeah. have been having to figure out like videography stuff that we've, and you like think about like downtime at shows and yeah. like talking to some of those guys, like what they do with that or stuff like Martial Law Band or what we did at Jimi Hendrix Park. It's cool to see people kind of like stepping up to the occasion and thinking of new ideas to, you know, I think the audience is, is thirsty for new music too, you know, and we need to figure out ways to get it to them. I agree. You know, cause to me, I mean, the other thing with live streams and stuff like that too, is it's like, you know, live streams are all well and good, but experiencing music in reality and feeling that emotion, you know, and that the sound waves when they just hit you in your chest coming out of the subwoofers, you know, wherever or something like that. Even if it's a little rough around the edges, you know, even if it's not always perfect. I mean, I always felt like live streams kind of magnify things in a weird way like that, where it's like, well, yeah. my, my thing with yeah. live streams yeah. is I'm like, we can't forget that live streams are definitely like the way that we can continue to stay connected. Sure. And it's definitely not going to be the first course of action to watch a music video when we are connected with live music. But I, it really frustrates me to hear, that frustrates me, but it disappoints me to hear when people get really like, oh man, I don't even fucking watch this live stream. It just depresses <laughs> me because I can't think yeah. about live music. And it's just, dis it's disappointing when like people are obviously so much more connected to the art act of going to the show than they are to the artists that are performing the show. Mm -hmm. Because if mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. you get a whole bunch of people like Delvon's, Delvon and Jimmy's fans that are like, yeah. but they invest in their clientele like that. They invest in their audiences by giving them amazing inch, like 45s and like, you know, capturing the best audio like ever. And then they replicate, they give you better on stage. So like, it makes sense why their audiences are still like writing hard for them because they've already been a part of it. But like the developing industry, like new artists and stuff that haven't had opportunities to work in that capacity yet. Like it's just the most disheartening thing to, for each other even, cause really let's be honest, we're selling, you know, flies shit to flies or whatever like we love each other's shit yeah of course you know yeah. so you don't really have a choice out here right we <laughs> yeah. are each other's audience but like when you're like yeah, yeah for me like i mean i remember starting live streams in my bedroom like when i like just broke up with with my ex and like you know just was like literally going fucking crazy in my apartment like i was literally going crazy and like using too much drugs and fucking like mm. not being like real and like and i would watch i watch that back now from my place I'm at now, and I'm just like, Ugh. I'm like, there's so many people tuning into this shit. There's so many people. Like, I have a video that has like 11,000 views on it of yeah. me just being stoned in my fucking apartment. Like, that was on fucked me. up. That's on you. And I'm like, somebody help this girl. You know, like looking yeah. at her, and I'm like, ooh, like this is entertainment for broken people too. You know what I mean? And I'm like, so, and it's like, there's not going to be investment from that though. Like, you can't invest in watching somebody break. You can invest in watching, you know, them give you something willingly, yeah. you know, but it's just disappointing. Like, that's what you guys fucking want to see. And you don't want to just see like, oh, look at her actually grow and get better. And I'm proud of my songs. And like, you know, it's just sucks to be like, ah, I love this and I love you. But I'm just going to wait until I can see you in person. I'm like, mm. so watch me mm. be a mess then, you know, mm. that's fine. You know, but I, you're going to be bored because I'm not doing that <laughs> for money anymore. So I my point just being I'm just rambling on and on. But my point just being like the live streams and stuff like 
if they're happening, I just think that people should still like watch them and like not just as charity, but just like it's a documentation of where that artist is when they could not have any of your energy. Yeah. You know, in a live environment. Like yeah, just, I mean, it's hard on both sides, like not only watching the stream, but it's hard to just play to like a camera with like no crowds. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it's hard on both. It was kind of like a yeah. crutch that got us through COVID, but it does, it's not like a replacement for live shows by any means. It's, like, it's that moment where you finish the song and you're playing on stage at a live stream and you, and you finish it and you're expecting, you know, well, you're, you're used to like some sort of reaction, some kind of feeling, some kind of way. Yeah. And it's instead, it's just this void. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe a few people that are like, like I want to clap, but I'm trying to hold this camera steady right now. <laughs> totally. yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's a. I mean, I played like two of the live streams, you know, with Peyote Ugly and stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's just such a different. Well, now with it all recorded, you're like, dang, I messed up at that one oh part. Now see, everyone can just like go back and watch it over. And over. See, this is where I get this is where I get frustrated with it because there's such an energy to live and being a part of that. That's almost like you forgive a lot of that stuff when you're yeah, in a, totally. when yes, actually in a room with people. Now. But then it's like when you're under a microscope like that. Now, some artists do better with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think especially, you know, if you're the kind of artist, you know, you put a lot of nuance. There's a lot of dynamics, you know, fine finesse. And you've like perfected that stuff. You really work to perfect it. It's almost better to do a live stream than it is to like play in like a, you know, noisy, rowdy bar. You know, there's glasses clinking. You know, people really can't appreciate that nuance, you know, when there's so much other stuff happening in the environment. Totally. You know, but it's like for some of my bands that are like the, my favorite bands to watch live in Seattle or at least, you know, before COVID and stuff like that. It's like having to watch it on a live stream when you take away that show element. Now it's like all I'm left with is like this kind of like noisy, grimy rock band. And it's like, if I have this open in one window and then Facebook open in another window and Instagram on my phone, which one you think going to get my attention? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah. I really wish that like, there was, it's the weirdest concept ever is like, I almost wish there was a little bit more time before everything opened, which is terrible, but yeah, I would love to see other people that are more talented than me show what they can. You know, there's the other. That's the other thing. Like when everybody's bands were like trying to like garage rock, and you're like, ooh, that was an era, right? Like that was a fucking era. Yeah, like of course yeah. that's depressing as fuck. Yeah, but like, yeah. you know, Andy, like Andy, Co, mm-hmm. like Andy Co's show. Like we were sitting around as a house. Watching that show on Tuesday night, it's like, oh, God, it's on. Thank God. You know? Yeah. And that guy, we know, he can play, like, for, you know, 50 hours and 70 moons, you know, a million pieces with his band, and he's amazing. But he spent some time. We spent He spent time letting us get to know him with what he put out, I feel mm. like. Like, he just, like, made, like, his own television show that was, like, the other parts of his mind and the other parts of his talents that aren't just the music parts. And, like, all of a sudden, Andy Coe's a fucking producer, and he's making shows and it's cool you know that inspired me to try to do this thing with nikki and do with the collaboration with converge with that mocha culture thing and like i was looking at that and i'm like there are other talents that we have that we could be using like sure yeah if anything we've been like forced to really look at that through covid you know i mean i didn't i didn't pick up a guitar for probably 
six months except maybe once in a while until i moved into the house because i just like lost motivation like yeah no shows no friends just like sitting at home playing video games you know yeah we we lost the life that inspired us to create art for better or worse you know yeah it's like, totally so many of those people uh in the scene you just see them once or twice a week out at yeah. shows and stuff yeah. and you like i like, didn't realize how much i missed everyone even people that i don't even know that well that you just like see them out and you shoot the shit like smoking a cigarette outside like after we played at uh what was that church called um when we did that video shoot oh abby arts after we played at abby arts i'm like standing out smoking a cigarette with biblioteca i'm like yeah, damn i haven't yeah. i haven't stood outside after a show Yo. smoking a cigarette <laughs> just shooting the shit with Shout people before Marion hex biblioteca yeah, yeah. yeah nah. but even those like little things it's just like uh so important to just it like is. my way of life you know it's yeah. like a part of the process too of like oh this is a like one of the tips that you get yeah totally at the show is like, it's like with things people. that you never thought you would miss just like oh my god i didn't even know that i missed that you know other bands <laughs> like being just building friendships in those like fleeting moments it's a social catalyst because it's that interesting mix it shows of like 50 50 you know you'll run into people you know so there is like a certain comfort level with that mm-hmm. you know but then you also have like I want to compare it to church maybe, but it's like, you know, it's like you have some visitors too and like some people are coming around and maybe you might just see them once and that's it and have an interesting conversation or maybe they'll come back the next week and you're like, oh yeah, I saw you last week. Oh, I'm, you know, I'm so-and-so like, what's up? You know, and it's like having that environment, you know, where you can kind of just build, you know, in that way. You don't really get like a whole lot of other outlets like that as an adult, especially after you get out of school and stuff like that. (laughs) You know, you used to that in school and that's like, I can't tell you how many people I know in Seattle. It's like after they get done with you know, high school, college, whatever it is, you know, and after that, it's just like, man, I have a hard time making friends around yeah. as an adult. <laughs> Music is just, you know, it's an important catalyst with all that. Something that I'm very much looking forward to coming back. And I think it's already back in a lot of ways. Do you have any live shows coming up? Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted the whole thought process oh just to God, say that. Your mind was so me. into listening to what you were saying. You have a great voice, you know. Thank you. Like yeah. Um, said you're a drummer. No. When radio <laughs> was, it reminds me of that. Like yeah. I used to listen to that when I was kid. You're listening to KEX. <laughs> right, you're not listening Get to that job. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I got raised on rhythm. I'm good. Raised on rhythm. <laughs> yeah. You're listening to raised on rhythm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we got shows, man. We got shows. Yeah. We got shows. We got shows. Hey, in different, different area codes. codes. Area codes. Shows. Shows. Come on. I don't know, <laughs> on, I don't know what you guys are singing. <laughs> You're white as fuck, bro. I'm <laughs> He's actually not as white as you would think. I apologize. I'm just assuming that. My bad. My bad. I'm going to keep it correct. I'm sorry. I assume that. My bad. It's okay. No, I'm wearing shorts for the first time this season and my upper legs have not seen the sun in like eight months. Every time I look down, I feel like I'm taking a picture. Yeah, you got to put sunglasses on or some shit. Look Ah! at my legs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, do we have have dates that we could... Yeah, can I look at my phone? Yeah, go for it. It's a good time. I can edit this part out. Okay, or just keep it in. <laughs> or keep it in. Yeah, I'll do that too. Oh, word. Can you just look at this? Oh, word. Yeah. Well, there's yeah. a little change to that. Okay. Um. Well, shows. We got shows. 
in every area code. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to do like a whole bunch of shows. The first show that we're going to do, nobody knows this yet. Oh. When is this going to air? You, you, don't, you don't have to announce it if you haven't put it out yet, if you don't want, but I can always edit it out. Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm word. thinking I'm, I'm going to try and put this out, honestly, like either in the next two days, if not next week. But yeah. Oh, that's fine. This one I can tell you then. Okay. Yeah. We're doing our first full band live show on July 31st at the Neptune with friends that you will love because we love them and perform with them and go to their shows and they're amazing but I don't want to out them without their permission two amazing ensembles are joining us and it's going to be everything and we're also going to be in um, in another area code we're going to be in Kirkland the Performing Arts Center on the 19th of August and there's a whole bunch of other great things happening um, we're going to be at Tree Fort this year. That's been announced. Tree Fort yes. this year. We have two days at Tree Fort this year, the 22nd and 23rd. And we're going to be moving through, um, we're going all the way to Grand Rapids and Chicago, Minneapolis and Montana before we get there. So there'll be a whole bunch of other area codes too. Yes. And. Um. We'll talk about the other one we or? can't yeah it has gone yeah I don't think there's we really can. one that's really good <laughs> you've already blessed us with the neptune that's announcement here. neptune yeah, yeah. right dreams neptune, come true right. that's gonna be awesome true, tree yeah. fort's gonna be awesome too we didn't even plan on that but you know it's yeah we just roll right into it it's all good <laughs> yeah i feel like we know like 80 percent of the bands at tree fort this year i'm like yeah. stoked tree fort is stacked so it's many stacked. just like local seattle bands going yeah. got tree fort are y'all playing freak out fest too yeah, I don't know yet. Has it been announced? <laughs> that has not been announced, but it will be this Friday. I just talked to the guy like two days ago, so I'll, I'll run it by him yeah, real quick okay, and yeah. see if, yeah, it see if we're, yeah. Don't freak out or anything, but maybe. <laughs> I gave him tickets to the Blade Palace show on Friday, too, so I don't know if he's going to be out there, but yeah. Oh, yeah. word. Nice. Oh, yeah, shout out Blade Palace. Fuck shout the out Blade Palace. Thank you. Fuck. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> No, I love y'all though. Thank you for coming on today. Mm. And one more time, socials. Where can the people follow you? Where the where can they hear your music? Um, you can hear us on the interwebs at Shayna Shepherd Music everywhere, and you can follow Doctor Quinn as well. Oh yeah, uh, at Quinn the Doctor on Instagram. Work. That's it. Thanks, y'all, for coming on today. I thank appreciate you. it. Yeah, thank you so much, man. Appreciate you, Nate.